0: welcome back episode eight Mm -hmm. wing it podcast goosedigital.com who do we have
1: alex jennings chris o'neill kevin butler
0: michael turksani okay so we're talking about the brand spanking new hot off the press gartner magic quadrant i'm excited yeah me too are you excited, Ox?
2: Mm-hmm. Second one, I
3: think.
0: Second one, second time they've done this, mm-hmm. at least under this name.
3: Correct. Right? Correct. You know, like we live off this stuff.
0: We love we love waves and magic quadrants and, and charts. And well, charts. it's
3: so interesting to see one not only you know the movement of vendors, but just in general how they've changed and how these analysts perceive those changes. Um, and then write a report about it, right? Like sometimes these things are released, what, every 18 to 24 months, and that's a lot of time in tech for a company to pivot, evolve, continue down a path that mm-hmm. they're going on, and really help further differentiate themselves in obviously a pretty crowded space.
1: Definitely. I think these reports are really important too when, uh, when a, uh, a customer is looking at. Uh, improving their uh, their revenues or uh, like in this case improving their ability to convert uh, opportunities um, it's really important to know what the landscape is so you know when some a report like this comes out, it's really important for us to be able to you know you know have a look at it, see what has changed, see what uh, you know even though we're in the middle of the space, you know some players that are on this report that you know we may not be uh, you know intimately aware of. We understand that um, you know that it is a crowded space and that there are a lot of uh, a lot of uh, you know I guess niche players out there. Absolutely. But
3: I but I think on that you can know the. The vendors and the functionality, but you may not often know. I don't know their their roadmap where they see the market and what their totally. vision is. And I think it's important for us as a marketing automation agency to understand what is the vision of this of these organizations, because um, that might impart some wisdom for us to give to to clients and prospects alike.
0: So let's let's. So this is the magic quadrant for CRM lead management. Um, covers you know the the t- the four four or five platforms that we've been working with principally and, and 10 more. So there's 10, there's 14 in total on here, right, Chris? Correct. 14. 14. So I, we wanted to just sort of start off and say, you know, what is a magic quadrant? You know, what what's this thing that Gartner does? I mean, we talk a lot about um, being mindful of best of breed, quote unquote. You know, what are, what is that? What are the top 10 vendors in a particular space so that if someone's going out making an investment... Um, they know who to go to and who the leaders are at the very least to compare against. So why don't we explore a little bit about like what, what is this report? What, what are they? What, and then how can a, a customer use this as part of their uh, decision-making process?
3: Sure, you want me to jump in? Sure, jump in. So um, whether it's a Gartner Magic Quadrant or a Forrester Wave or a IDC Insights, um, I think what it is, it's an evaluation by that particular uh, analyst group on a field or a category of technologies so in this case largely marketing automation mm-hmm. um, with how they view probably the more prominent players and the solutions they provide for for an audience in this case largely marketers and sort of marketing and sales teams that are aligned and so clearly there's more than 14 vendors in this space I think they're looking at a the most prominent ones and B um, the ones that probably best address the challenges that they see in talking with their tens of thousands of customers on a regular basis.
1: Sure. So so the way mm-hmm. they are, they they analyze from a number of different perspectives, um, you know, not only those that sort of supply information, but they clearly are, um, and within the report, they talk about organizations that did not appear on the on the list, but they are mentioned, and they, the the uh, analysis, the the way that they uh, are interpreting things like from the. The uh, Gartner portal information mm-hmm. they receive through that information that's generally uh, you know in the in the marketplace. If you take a product like Microsoft, for example, you know one of the largest uh, you know CRM, like certainly you know mid market dominance you know uh, you know Doesn't along, an with, an art, yeah, along with salesforce mm-hmm. they're, they're not in this report mm-hmm. and the reasons for that are, are are identified clearly in the report so you know nobody went sort of unmentioned who um, you know who met the criterion that they that they have mm-hmm. but i think the the width of their of their analysis and you know where they apply what they've learned about What's happening in the marketplace is really important when you go and you look at that chart. So it's not enough to look at that chart and go, "Okay, if you're up at the upper right side, or at least on the right side of the uh, of the um, quadrant, that that's where you want to be." No, you've got to look at the report and see where it is that those particular products are meeting the needs of their of their customers, and that's a little bit, a little bit better sort of identified within the write ups of each report. So
0: sure, you know so they they provide you with um what the a definition of what they believe the market is so you know in this case you know the crm lead management software they have defined that what they believe that that is and the functionality that you need to have and where they're going which we're going to talk about those things too but then it to your point chris it breaks down each vendor and says well here's a description an overview uh the types of clients that they have and then what their strengths are and what cautions are and, and depending on so if you think of these as kevin mentioned 18 to 24 month um reports gives you a sense of like if you're making this investment this year next year you know where roughly you want to be because these are long term investments for for software so you can try to find the find one in there and if, the, if you're a vendor you know one of the questions you're going to have is what happens if Your vendor's not on this list, right? So it gives you also a bit of a benchmark to say, okay, not everybody can make the list. Uh, Let's compare against the people that are on the list, and then we can go from there with our own evaluations. Mm -hmm. I think the
3: only other thing to add is uh, having been on the other side in a previous organization, my company, Mike and I's company, actually went through an evaluation like this. And so what these analysts will do is they'll put you through, it's a it's a bit grueling, but it's fairly in-depth and it should be, so they can actually produce a quality report like they have. Um, but they'll put you through a, a series of questions, some qualifiers, like almost like an RFP, but then they'll also ask you to solve for various challenges that this audience, so marketers and maybe sales leaders, and call it sort of business operations leaders, will go through and what are the things they need to see. They'll come up with between three and five complex scenarios that... You actually have to demonstrate, you being these vendors, how they solve for them. And then part of the evaluation is um, how they're addressing each of those scenarios. So it's not just can you do this, yes or no. Everyone's just going to say yes.
0: Okay. So the, the idea behind that is, you know, what we're saying is, A, they're important. We, we believe they're important. I think in marketing tech, um, where the CMOs have more scope over technology, which is a theme that we've talked about on a this podcast so far. growing sure. scope. You have less of a... Uh, rigor in a lot of cases around the selection of technology because it's not coming up sort of through that IT side of the house that maybe you had a better part of 20 or 30 years of learning how to evaluate, run an RFP, Mm -hmm. you know, run those scenario based evaluations and and not be in a situation where it doesn't meet your needs to a marketer who's been able to move very fast on a subscription model, you know, put a credit card in, in most cases or a very easy way to sort of acquire the software and then they get a year in or six months or eight months or a year in and then they realize, oh my God, it doesn't meet everything, all the needs. So part of this allows you to have a, have a, vetting process um already done for you Mm -hmm. alex i know you've worked with technology that isn't on this list Mm -hmm. so you know looking at the report how would you
2: like i think this is a good baseline like if you're new to the map sector or you're considering switching out from maybe you're unhappy with what you're using Mm -hmm. right now this is like a good baseline because like they they didn't just pick the biggest ones because like microsoft isn't even on here like you mentioned Mm-hmm. Uh, or Zoho isn't on here. And like, these are some of their bigger CRM and map platforms, but they're not on this quadrant chart. So I think this is like where they saw these, uh, was it 14 systems mm-hmm. on here where they saw them going was like, these are like, not necessarily their pioneers, but they're definitely the more, uh, they see them. They, they encompass all everything that they set out to do. They see a future with these ones. These are definitely more longer-term investments that your business will get absolutely
3: get value out of. As, sure. And as they should be, right? We've yeah. talked about this before this. When you're inputting and onboarding these kinds of technologies, there's got to be a vision and a strategic role that's going to play today, tomorrow, and in the future. And you know we've talked about this. We have a new blog out about this, actually, is the idea of a marketing technologist guiding a lot of that mm-hmm. view? But baseline is the right word, I think. It's not like i don't think it's it's prudent to do more than just read a report and say well that's what i'm going to go with mm-hmm. but i think this will guide some of that evaluation as to where you want to start and what you're looking at uh to say is this the right technology for me
0: great so i think that helps to you know set the stage of a company like ours that's going out and saying we believe you should be looking at best of breed software some of our verticals are really intent on looking at niche players that you know may not have that R and D bandwidth or budgets to really bring the um, the features to bear which then just translate mm. to agility and flexibility downstream so I, I think you know it's a good thing to do we're certainly mindful of it it's helpful um are we allowed to link it
3: We well, yeah Acton it's got a reprint of it that we can push to um their form their their lead generation lead management okay so there, there you go so, so there's a way
0: for us it. to get this into the description for people um click w-
2: the description below
0: that's right so we wanted to talk about like (laughs) the way they define the crm lead management and we're not going to go over what a marketing automation platform can do because i think it defines it a certain way but the the real kind of interesting stuff that started to come in was the new and emerging features so i'm just gonna kind of go through them and then we'll talk about each one so you know the ability the support for customer journey mapping which we're seeing more and more the support for inside sales okay so bringing that sales and marketing together Account-based marketing features, and the last one being um, application of predictive analytics, further use of AI and machine learning. Um, through through here, I would probably put in reporting, but it's not specifically called out as, as uh, you know, new and emerging functionality. So I want to go through these because I think this is kind of like important. So when we talk about, you know, what does, Chris, like what does support for journey mapping really mean to you?
1: So <clears throat> so I think with with all of these and one of the things that I just want to, to, to mention in terms of, of um, looking at the report and seeing who has made moves, you know, when you look at the at the products on the on the uh, the list that have made moves, mm-hmm. um, you know, something like a, a Salesforce Pardot has made a has made a major move on mm-hmm. this on this quadrant, sure. and largely because you know what they are uh, are focused on is completing that sort of that customer journey, that ability to sort of take mm-hmm. uh, a client through the entire process, not uh, not you know sort of pigeonholing or um, or, uh, siloing the functionality, but making it a nice smooth transition all the way back to, you know, the, uh, analytics and reporting. Um, so all these four pieces that Mike is talking about, they all have to sort of converge on that, uh, on that, you know, that, that entire flow. So when you, when you look at, um, at uh, customer journey, you've, you've, it's not enough just to 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 be able to sort of have a website and have some place for someone to land there has to be that automated capability of taking a client through that um, you know through that process automating that journey so that there's a there's a, uh, a mm-hmm. place to enter a place to drop information a place to follow up on that information so as Alex well. you know you, you've
0: yeah, you know mm-hmm. certified in pardot i mean we don't have to talk specifically about pardot per se but you know some of the journey mapping functionality that's in there i think what what i'm seeing here is the what we're seeing is the support for that within the tool
2: mm-hmm. for sure like pardot has this unique ability since they're owned by salesforce they they link back best to salesforce like mm-hmm. there's the all these map platforms can link back to salesforce crm but Pardot has that unique ability to do it almost one to one. And especially
3: with the winter release coming up. Like it's hmm. they're going even deeper on that. Merging campaigns across mm-hmm. platforms. It's uh it's all part of that vision and that sort of single view of a journey, right? Exactly.
2: So it's like there's The line between here's the marketing automation here's the crm it's like it's it's blurred more when you have pardot Hmm. um because it is that one-to-one relationship and then you get that enhanced customer journey mapping as we discussed i think it was episode five and six right um how to do it how to how to do it exactly and see so not only do you get like most these guys have like lead scoring and uh you know your campaign reporting and kind of like touch base reporting and then all that kind of stuff. But what I find what unique about Pardot is it allows you not only to set these things up, but it like you have things like tagging and all the custom fields and the reports from Pardot can send back to Salesforce. And you get this mm-hmm. additional Definitely. level of reporting that you wouldn't find if you were just doing like a traditional sync.
0: Sure. Did you want to and, no, that's good. So I it's think good. you know the journey mappings. I mean, I think visually is also a big deal. You know, mm-hmm. having a visualizing visualization ability to see that journey map. I mean, you know, we obviously do it as well outside of the software, and um, sometimes that's required to just help bring everybody together. But you know, we're seeing more and more of the capability of having these within the system to to see that come together. Um, support for inside sales. You know, we talk a lot about. You know, marketing and sales working together, using this technology to power the sales cycle and and, and put it in the hands of inside sales and the sales reps to just make a, make better use of their time and be more effective. So, you know, Kev, what do you?
3: Yeah, I think empower is the right word. It's all about um, arming your sales team, whether it's you know account executives or inside sales, business development, whatever they're labeled, uh, providing them the tools. Um, and sort of ammunition if you will to actually go and engage an audience so um, to me it's getting pretty cool with sometimes you can send these directly from your CRM given an integration with marketing automation you have access to all of the email assets or the the landing pages the collateral whatever it is that you're sending it's all built in now and I think Mm -hmm. it's about when we talk about that particular um, criteria it's about is it giving the reps enough that they need to go do their jobs effectively mm-hmm, yeah. and to me when we talk about marketing and sales alignment um, that's a really good example marketing can go and build the content required that's going to address the needs of the prospective buyers and they should understand the, the market their solution um, and how that addresses the needs and then sales can go and do what they do really well which is navigate the conversation and ultimately get to a place where they can provide um, a substantial business case for why an investment's worthwhile,
0: and I think you know allowing inside sales to utilize you know the the, what, the containers that have been set up to uh-huh. to for them to do their job, whether it's you know bringing things to their attention, but also allowing them to um, have levels of, of support for their communications instead of it being a manual process. Something we, you know we implement,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. So the the um, ability to engage a client. You know, digitally, or, or uh, you know, sort of using the the tools within the uh, within the map to engage the client, and then being able to uh, alert you know entirely digitally the uh, the sales rep or giving the sales rep yes. access to alert information. I, mean, I think you that know?
3: whole insights um, piece of marketing automation is so undermentioned. Mm. It's not just about landing pages and emails. It's about um, the insights into the engagement levels of the audience right. are they responding to things are they opening emails are they coming back to the website are they are we able to just track what level is going on here mm-hmm. in terms of sort of interaction to yeah. then inform yeah. like you know what do you do next what, yeah.
1: what do you do next now that I know that uh, that this email was open that they've opened at each and every one of our uh, newsletters over the last you know several months that they've landed on a couple of different pages, my you know uh my opening you know discussion with that uh with that prospect or customer is going to be yeah personalized it's going to be very specific sure. more to informed, but more informed. even think
3: like i think of organizations with long sales cycles and so the idea of like alerts and triggers that you mentioned is really key here it's suppose you take an example where a prospect has come to your website um, i don't know they come maybe every four weeks then they visit two or three pages on the surface, you're kind of, it doesn't really mean a lot, doesn't signify a lot, but what if you knew what those pages were and you were mm-hmm. able to, to time stamp them across the long sales cycle journey they're taking and you're able to see, well, actually, some of the pages viewed early on in the first few months were more about the company, about the solution, then later on, maybe it's about, I don't know, pricing and sort sure. of case studies, customer references, and that really paints a story as to where they're at from a buying cycle. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a far deeper view into what's going on in that organization and that would help inform inside sales or the account executives accordingly so i just think alerts if you were to set it up that way mm-hmm. for it to tell you these kinds of things is so much more critical than so-and-so open an email right
0: but i think what's pushing and i'll let you chime in on this is that it's it's driving deeper into that line being blurred between the map and the and the crm certainly some of the vendors well, are well, even marketing
2: more, and sales and yeah, 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 yeah. exactly
0: so I don't know if you wanted to b- mention anything further about yeah, that. Yeah, like
2: but... uh, I was gonna say that it's it's not just enough, like marketing in the past. They were just like just drive traffic, just drive leads. You're you know if you're a store, drive more people to visit the store. If you're if you have a website, drive more people to visit the website. Mm. It's no longer just that. Like the marketing department almost becomes part of the sales department or vice versa where they need to know the whole sales process as well. Absolutely. Exactly. So they, they know what triggers to set up, what, what, what pages are should have a higher lead score. What does, what do the sales people need to see um, on these leads when they get sent to the sales department? Right.
0: Yeah. And when you're dealing with, you know, hundreds of thousands or even a thousand, I mean, I think all these things are relevant regardless of the the base Mm -hmm. that you're going after um abm so account-based marketing features also something that you know we talked about new and emerging functionality um something we know very well i mean Cal, i'll turn that one over to you because you spend a lot of time with our clients on abm frameworks
3: yeah i think it's pretty new subcategory of marketing automation i think a lot of what we've seen from if this is sort of the second report of this style from gardner the first one touched on this too is this idea of like obviously this is rapidly becoming a growing need for a lot of organizations and sometimes account-based marketing seems like a bit of a buzz term but mm-hmm. it's really about approaching an organization with a value prop rather than a single decision maker and right sort of you know making sure that each of the people involved in these sort of committees of an organization get the information um, that they need so i think account-based marketing to me in, in the context of marketing automation breaks down to a few different Um, sections, one being this idea of sort of reporting in an overall view of the organization, like an account score rather than a lead score, and then the other part of it's probably the execution of um, addressing smaller sort of sub campaigns or whatever you want to call them tactics by organization and how to group them accordingly by segmentation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think having the ABM supported within the system, being able to run programs off of it at an account level and score at the account level, and do that within the system versus having to pull it out and manually mash a bunch report of, on it. Manually mm-hmm. report on it. Yeah. Integrating with some of the new ABM platforms.
3: Like if I'm running a marketing automation evaluation right now, I have to probably see that there's some level of capability there. I may not use it right away, but I need to know that it actually exists at a yeah. usable level so that we can eventually evolve that into how we as a sales and marketing aligned team uh, will go to market with it.
2: At, at what point, because right now most of these platforms, the ABM is usually like, it's like a plugin or like or an a add-on. Module or module. Oh anything. yeah, like it's a premium sure. you have to pay extra for. Well, like at what point do you think that becomes standard?
3: That's a great question. I, I think sooner than later, because I think it's becoming, like I was saying before, like ABM is rapidly becoming a top priority for mm-hmm. marketers and I yeah. think pretty soon we're gonna get to a place where um, marketing folks evaluating technologies like this just say no 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 I don't like this is like a baseline mm-hmm. function like
2: I'm not paying extra now. for this so this should be included yeah, and yeah.
3: I, I see the leaders probably moving more and more towards this model of just saying well we have it we're going to include it it's value add. And it's just a, actually like kind of like a basic function now mm-hmm. to do your job. So I would say soon, probably within the next year or so. Like I wouldn't think the next time Gardner does one of these in 18, 24 months, that we'll be talking about add-ons uh, and extensions being count based marketing. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like we're already seeing some of these. I think Forrester has a, I think they just released one earlier this year, like an ABM wave like an evaluation of abm vendors so you know just like you're talking about the line blurring between marketing automation and crm i I would say it's quickly or quicker that's happening between abm and marketing automation
0: yeah have there been any acquisitions in the abm yeah well salesforce picked up
3: like there's been a few whether they're direct abm vendors or whether they're sort of like you know reporting an attribution like what was it um Marketo acquired Vis- Visible, Visible earlier yeah. this year, or was it last year, and stuff like that. And that's all kind of helping support EBM Quasi, Visibility. yeah. AVM
0: visibility. So I would
3: say it's happening already. And then yeah. one day, like these dedicated, like the terminuses and the Engageos, I would think they're probably going to pop on radar soon. I was, cool. I was joking with someone mm-hmm. earlier, that's Marketo, or sorry, Adobe. Mm-hmm. That's their mm-hmm. next play, but anyways.
0: So let's talk about AI, predictive analytics, AI. Where do we... Now, it's men- any... mentioned, but what are we what are we thinking about that right now?
3: I can jump in real quick is um I, I think we're early days on AI and I'll just lump machine learning into that as well as mm. um I think you know, AI is sort of everywhere, right? In any sort of industry, whether it's cars or marketing technologies and seemingly everything in between. I think right now we're we're not really using AI in a sophisticated way at all when we talk about marketing automation. I think it's more like sort of trying to either predictively gauge levels of interest of yeah, an so audience. So
0: maybe we go back to something more like predictive analytics before, because it does say like it's you know, both the predictive analytics, uh, predictive lead scoring, you know, these types of things and, and AI, like not just. Um, yeah.
3: Like all of that sort of qualifies into like new, pretty new territory overall. Mm-hmm. And I think like as reading through the report, um, there aren't a lot of vendors who've really cracked the nut there and I don't think there's a lot of marketing automation users that are really doing a lot of sophistication other than help having it try to um, guide or lead into um, visibilities to more engaged audiences overall.
1: Right. Definitely the direction that it's going in, though, and, and I think that's where uh, that's where the, the you know Gartner is saying this is where um, this is where the marketplace is going. It's going to that to that place where there needs to be not just that um, that blurring of the line between you know sales and, and and marketing or between CRM and lead gen, but it basically is is expecting that these that these uh, tool sets are going to be able to provide the uh, the organization with. Um, predictability about what's going to happen if we do this. Yes, yeah. If yeah. we send if we yeah. send out this type of an email to this particular segment of our of our uh, audience, what's going to happen? And, cool. I, and
0: I think for efficiencies and effectiveness too. Like I think, well, for effectiveness may be obvious, but you know, also for efficiencies of the team. I mean, if you're dealing yeah. with even you know a hundred thousand names and maybe even less. Like I think, depending on your base, and you've got. Routines that can be that predictive analytics can help you just be better and, and more efficient as a marketer, um, then you're just you're able to scale your your. And that's actually right? that's
3: a good point. Like that's how I think Acton has done as well as they have in this, um, particularly on the vision side of it. Is it's their whole adaptive journeys vision, and one of the things I really like about adaptive journeys and when they first came out with it, like last summer, I think, um, is this idea. It's not. AI over the top and painting this big grand vision that will take five years to achieve I think they talk about it in the lens of more simplistic but super valuable so for example like adaptive email sends like when is the best time Mm -hmm. in a date range to send an email and maybe your range is 24 hours because it's pressing news but it's able to take you know some of its learnings and some of the data it has been sort of collecting and saying well You know, this audience here opens emails first thing in the morning. Mm. This audience, for whatever reason, opens emails after 5 p.m. Sure. And that's a way more sort of manageable way to view adaptive, predictive, AI based functionality at this stage of the game. Like in two years' time, this podcast will probably sound really dated because I I anticipate it's going to get pretty crazy pretty quick. But for now, I think we're really early days on this stuff.
0: So we're going to get to partner and how to be a, you know, how partners play a role in, in, you know being successful with with uh these platforms but let's maybe we'll pause the ai and the predictive
2: stuff you didn't we get any that westworld that. references Kevin. no we're not done yet we're not done <laughs> yet but uh, well, cautions
0: in terms of cautions i mean you know we've got a couple so does anybody want to throw one out there like i've seen like we you know we've had everything from email functionality and you know the builder's technology within the systems to reporting to contract negotiations seem to be kind of recurring themes here on the various cautions that Gartner put out.
3: Yeah, where to start? Um, well, okay, so reporting and attribution, maybe I'll jump in there, is kind of a, a top focus of marketers anywhere. Like, sure. I, mean, I, I don't have one conversation with a client or prospect that doesn't at least talk a little bit about this. And I think what we're seeing is... Um, this report to me at a really high view, like a 50,000 foot view, says marketers now know how to engage an audience and drive a quantity of leads. Mm-hmm. But what they're not able to do as well yet is understand the engagement and be able to actually report on what's going on now that they're into a pipeline or some sort of like sales cycle. Yeah. And pretty much any vendor from the top leader to the um, smallest niche player all have challenges with reporting there. And that would probably be, if I were to guess, the next time they do an evaluation like this, will be the single area of greatest improvement. Like I think, overall. if you said
0: today, if you're about to go into a map uh, investment, and, you know, like to, to your point, you know, reporting and and um, measurement is so critical. You know, attribution to your programs that you better have a you better have a plan in parallel off to the side to develop that. Right? What is our first six months? What is our next six months? And marketers
3: are responding to exactly that saying, well, we've got to invest technologies elsewhere. So we've yeah. at length talked about the growth of Martech tools available. It's over seven thousand, it'll be ten thousand in a year and a half. Um, but part of that is reporting and attribution tools. So this I think this report's saying that's where marketers are going in part to solve for some of this stuff. Sometimes, whether it's Act On with Data Studio, sometimes it's Salesforce with the Analytics Studio. There's these modules, bolt-ons, additional products that are helping try to support that. And Maybe yeah. that leads into the next point around sort of costs and contracts. Is well, like,
0: yeah, we just before we go costs and contract, I would say that probably the most, if we, had to, if we had to make a recommendation on the, first of all, don't expect that any dashboard or you know re- widget reporting that you see out of the box on these things is going to meet your needs. That's probably entirely not entirely not not today. Um, I've, we would say make sure you can get access to the data. You know, make sure there's a
1: data mm-hmm. dumping
0: mechanism, a, an export mechanism, a way to define that. You know, some platforms, you know, Automation Studio, you know, Salesforce Data Studio for Acton, you know, various. You go down the list where you can actually license those modules to give you access to it that allows you to go work with it.
3: But also, this is a 50 50 accountability thing between vendors and users. Have your KPIs mapped out. Understand what you're trying to report on. Just don't think that these technologies are just going to magically give you this dashboard sure. of all insights when you may not know what those are.
1: It's a great point. I think on top of uh, you know the the KPI piece, it's like going through the process of really understanding what it is that you want to accomplish with a you know a map slash CRM solution. Like for example, there are certain um, there are certain uh, maps that are out there where their their model is significantly different. For example, some of the uh, some of the products you know provide for uh, ability to take a segment of your uh, of your mailing list and use it uh, only. There's others that you know that's just piling on. Like every time that you add a new email to your uh, to your mailing list, that's another uh, you know, that's another cost that, sure. that needs to be borne. So, if you really understand what it is that you're planning to do, you can make better use of a report like this or the use of, mm-hmm. a, of an agency like a goose digital to figure out what's the best solution to go for so we got
0: reporting alex you you do a ton of of <laughs> our reporting Any, anything you want to chime uh, in like, there on that
2: uh, like it it boggles my mind that like there's some platforms out there that like you mentioned that don't let you get your own data like wouldn't that mm-hmm. like for me if i was evaluating if i'm a business and i'm evaluating different platforms what we're going to go with? The number one thing for me would be the reporting because it it doesn't matter how many emails I send or how many, you know, how many opens and clicks I get. I Mm want to know at the end of the day, like how many people are converting, whether, whatever my business is, I want to know these KPIs. Right. So if I don't have that data, if I don't have access to my own data, but I think
0: access is the key there that you pointed on. Yeah. Like, like, what's the point? If you can get access to it, then you, then you can solve for it outside the system. Exactly. okay, so well you know marketo and their, their a lot of them have been you know the the con con the uh, comment about the contract negotiations and you know the is this just is this just people complaining that it's expensive is it that
3: yeah this like, this section the... like I, I noticed this it's a it's a great question um I was a bit sort of uh, surprised to be honest because I've never read I, I spend a lot of time reading these kinds of reports and I've never noticed um sort of the financial side of an evaluation mentioned as prominently as in this report. So I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's sort of more of a, a mention of total cost of ownership. But well one thing we've seen in the last eighteen months probably is a lot of the, the leaders in here have similar style pricing. Sure. So it's it certainly got a lot tighter. Whereas before I think it but was But is it a bit Chris, wide. is it
0: like is this a maturity of of the people in the space that are making these decisions like is this another going back to that whole comment of procurement you know in a marketing user maybe on the forefront of making this decision and and you know they're well you're frustrated with the with the contract process and the pricing terms and total cost of ownership like you know when we think of our other platforms that we would have experience with that are that are way more expensive than these systems like you know like to your point we haven't really seen that come up You know, maybe if somebody's egregiously like just out there in terms of their pricing, but, you know, that's never come up. Well, just
3: before Chris, you jump in, I just it blows me away because I think this is between marketing automation and CRM. You don't even have a marketing department person, in my opinion, if you don't have those two things established and in place as part of like what's going to drive your marketing program so that these things are being sort of mentioned or judged as like, oh, they're expensive to me, says, are they being viewed as critical components? Yeah, exactly. Of a revenue growth
1: engine. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the expense, here's what I wonder, because, you know, you read that report and you see there's certain, um, there's certain products that are identified specifically as you need to be, what was it called? A data, um, a data scientist in order to sort of get any of the information out of there. I think of, of when somebody's looking at these different products and going, okay, it's got some analytics, it's got this and that. I haven't, you know, Maybe gone through as as thorough a uh, evaluation or a intention of use that I really should, but when I get into it after 18 or 24 months, I realize that, geez, you know, I can't get the analytics out of this thing that I wanted to get, or I, I mm. can't sort of accomplish what I sort of expected I'd be able to. Um, and that's again where um, you know the need for understanding what the what the rest of the marketing stack is capable of doing. Yeah. So I think it, I think there is some um, you know a maturity of uh, of the you know. As, as Kevin mentioned, there's you know seven thousand or something of the uh, these these uh, you know market yeah like I think if you products. said you know
0: so many of the marketing tech products are mm-hmm. are just that bolt on that the SaaS fee and filling then think, the holes yeah and then yeah. if you think well you're getting into spending some real money so they are expensive I think that you know our guidance is that when I say expensive they you know, they they're not they're not a hundred dollars a month okay let's put it that way so mm-hmm. you're going to, you're going to have this on a line item of of a, of a meaningful technology stack item and you better have a plan for it. So I think, to your point, maybe there's just users out there that see that and they don't want to be forced into a multi-year agreement and they're not, they're not as familiar with, well, that's a not necessarily a bad thing. You know, like, yeah, you don't want to commit for two to three years, but yet you want the same price for two to three years. And, you know, you want to pick a vendor that's going to be financially secure, but you want a 30-day out. So I think there's all, I think, yeah. you know, to me, I feel like that's where that one is coming from. Um, let's go on. To, I, look, there's a lot of cautions in here. Each vendor has yep. probably three or four. It's important yep. if you're looking at one, just go over it. You know everything that we've talked about and more. Let's get into the how a partner ha- helps on this. So, you know, when we look at the new the new um, features that are coming out, just flipping back to those, a partner can help you implement those. So when we think about um, maybe we could lead in with some of the consultancy research. Because, you know, you're already seeing an evolving and a maturing software market here where even more functionality, more capabilities are coming in and, and opening up. Yet, you know, the average marketer is still uh, stretched to, uh, mm-hmm. to, to, to to do the, I not want to say the basics because it's still very fast stuff, but you know to do all that stuff every day and do their
3: job every day. Well, here's what we know. Just like a really quick 10 second, 30 second recap is... Um, e-marketer ran a really good report or uh, research study last year 98% of all marketers I talked to several thousand of them believe marketing automation played a critical role in their success them driving programs and them being effective at their jobs so universally almost everyone thinks these are critical so of those of those marketers um, about half of them have put in marketing automation to date so okay that's part one part two is of that half only half of them, I think it's 48%, but we'll just say half. So a quarter of marketers feel that they're effectively using these tools. Right. And so that that's that's what Mike's talking about here.
0: So we've got, you know, where does a partner come in? I mean, they talk a bit about Salesforce's partner ecosystem in here. Um, they don't specifically get into, you know, you should you should have a, maybe a partnership approach if you're adopting this. Um, mm-hmm. But we think about partners as sort of really... Two kind of aspects, right? Best practices, the ability to to look at these these new areas, your your journey mapping, your instant sales, your ABM, you know, your reporting and, and predictive AI stuff, as best practice and and a bandwidth opener, right? The, just give me bandwidth to do this stuff on a day to day basis. You know, you um, know, like to maybe turn that over to you guys in terms of like just straight up being able to approach these things. So I've got technology that can enable an ABM or enable a sales plus marketing. What's the best way to go about it, and do I have the bandwidth?
1: So yeah, great point. So uh, you know, it feels like as if there's um, there's you know software products that are out there, and many of them are, are listed in this um, you know in this uh, in this in this uh, magic quadrant that are um, that provide. A particular functionality um, absolutely and they do things the way they do them right uh, for somebody who's running a business all the things having to do with generating new uh, new customers managing a you know, managing all their employees um, you know getting the paychecks out doing all the things they need to do are they able to navigate the actual de- you know deployment of uh, a software like this in in you know understanding that when a particular provider of a software comes to you, they understand that particular software, they understand what that particular software, and they've been trained to sort of sell those licenses, but sure. can they give you the entire picture of how it is that you can get this thing deployed to the point where you're generating revenue, where you're generating uh, you know, engagement, doing all the things mm-hmm. that you need to do that's where it's really important to understand where it is that uh, that an agency can come in a partner can come in and help you navigate all of that uh, all of that you know specific strategy around deploying these tools yeah
3: especially in what's I, we're sort of on the bleeding edge of this and obviously we're quite huge proponents of marketing automation but let's not forget like automation automation's only really been around for 10ish years so it's still relatively new right so I, in certain industries it's even newer
0: Right. So, you know, having a partner to help you with your deployment and your runtime, you know, helping with your best practice approaches, some bandwidth opening up, probably continuity. I mean, you know, Alex, you talk a little bit about the types of tech that gets snapped around a map platform Mm -hmm. from reporting technology to, you know, there's an entire little stack, mini stack that we typically sell to a client to sort of complete the picture. Right, so.
2: Yeah. Like, uh, like if you're new to this area, say you're like a traditional marketer or you've never even worked with map before and like getting into this, it's kind of scary almost. Cause you don't like, you don't know what you don't know. And then you get the map itself, but then you're like, Oh, well now how do I test my emails? Right. So the, you don't have, they don't know about litmus or, or how do I, you know, what are the spam laws or there's all these different components that are outside of just your map platform that and so like like someone like us or 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 an agency could they know about these systems and Mm -hmm. platforms that they tack on um to kind of complete the the uh, the the map itself and uh, to help the marketers achieve their goals Goals, right
3: like i was just thinking like i could see the next evaluation the next magic quadrant Part of the evaluation would be what's the strength of partners? Mm-hmm. Like, at, yeah, like a, yeah. Like, we've seen this in other more mature markets where you know just a lot more history and time behind it. And I, I could just see it get to a point where, like, every, every quarter, each of these vendors on this quadrant are releasing new and newer functionalities. And I, I think a lot of marketers using these tools are probably struggling to understand one, do they know what these are? Two, do they have a plan for how to use them? There's just so much more value being created every quarter in these technologies. Well, so. yeah,
0: I mean, you opened with the stat, you know, the 25%, and mm. we're seeing in this report just an increased amount of um, emerging fun- functionality that's gonna then further, you know, put pressure on that on that marketing department internally to adopt this stuff, you know, in a in a, in a meaningful mm. uh, effective way for their business. So, yeah, I mean, it's a plug because we're saying, well, we are a marketing mm-hmm. automation, <laughs> Uh, provider and, and, and an agency um, but I think to the extent that it's not a black box is really important I mean if we're talking about just enabling your business to be successful and the people within it and you, you support that platform and, and those initiatives on the side um, then it isn't a black box and you've got the ability to um, to learn a lot and involve your staff with, with, with someone that is a partner mm-hmm. to help you I mean that's that's the bulk of it what we wanted to get through. Um I know there was a lot in here and we you know maybe we spin one off and and talk about the individual vendors because there's lots of conversations about the Marketo sure. acquisition, yeah. some specific moves up and down like you said Chris, uh our vision for maybe what we thought was missing. Um so you know that could be valuable.
1: Well, I don't know uh Kevin, you knew what the number was it was 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 um Marketo acquired for one point eight.
3: Yeah, Vista Equity took them off the public market uh, a few years ago. I think it was one point seven billion. One point seven
1: billion, and they were just acquired for four point seven five billion. Mm. So if anyone's wondering about the you know the, the, value. the futures of um, yeah. of marketing automation, uh, guess what, you know. Yeah, it's an important piece of the puzzle. Numbers
3: Adobe. speak for themselves. Yeah. Well, yeah. the the money right now, or the investments, I should say, uh, from like the big software players out there, it's the marketing cloud, and I think um, there's probably universal agreement about the marketing cloud largely is supported by marketing automation tooling. So yeah. that's not really a surprise to me, right? Like, I mean, it's funny, like the wrapping up but the the quadrant itself calls out two vendors in particular sort of saying like more or less in a polite way how are you, how do you plan on addressing mm-hmm. marketing automation in your stack or your suite of tools one of them was microsoft of course the other was adobe and here we, here know, we are you uh, know a few we've, days we've been, later been,
0: yeah right so a pretty important report if you're out there looking for uh Make make an investment into your marketing automation and or your uh, your marketing and sales function to grow your business. Um, We'll link it and maybe we'll do a follow-up if we feel there's enough meat on the bone.
3: Maybe. Hope everyone enjoyed this.
1: Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.